Hello and welcome to episode 10 of Nintendo Therapy. We're in the double digits now. No stopping us. A show is quick. Yeah, it really was. We're here to talk about the latest Nintendo news and rumors, as well as a celebration of all things Nintendo. How is everybody doing? We got Harrison here again. We got Sean here again, and I am Kevin. What's going on, guys? Hey, guys. Hey, Harrison. Good to have you back. Uh, oh, since we were talking physical media, I, I rented two physical movies from the Red Box last night. So <laughs> I do still do that. <laughs> and, and was it uh, was it Top Gun Maverick and Sonic, uh, <laughs> Sonic, no. Sonic 2? No, it was uh, Megan, which was actually very entertaining. And, it's not uh, a movie, that's a person. She's the future of toys. Oh, okay. And uh, the Saw movie Chris Rock made. Is that which, what I keep I keep seeing his face on Hulu. Is that what they're trying to get me to watch? Or does he it, have something else? He might have something else out, but I finally Man, got he's around. He's got a lot going on right now. Because I was like, Chris- oh, yeah, Saw 10s this year. And I'm like, I still didn't see the last one. So, I mean, it was all right. It was Chris Rock's entertaining, but. There's only so much you can do with crazy person and traps, and I don't know. Chris Rock was in a Saw movie? Was he a protagonist? He was. Oh. Okay. (laughs) Then playing-wise, I'm I'm still just doing Persona, and uh, I went down a Mario 3 rabbit hole this week, so (laughs) got a lot to say. Yeah, I can't wait for us to get to that uh, that in-depth uh spotlight because it's gonna be gonna be a good one like there's it's not one where there's not a lot of stuff to talk about i i feel like i'm just gonna have to like cut it off at a certain point (laughs) um i've been playing metroid super metroid so i'm on the third metroid now i got to the part where uh you either need to get the space jump or learn how to wall jump and i don't think i can pull off the wall jump so i'm gonna have to go find that space jump the wall jump was the only thing i didn't like in that game there is a section towards the end you absolutely have to do it no i'm gonna have to learn it then you and i were texting this week though one thing that stuck with me is uh Harrison, let me know if you can relate to this. So Sean and I both discovered this week that we rented Super Metroid back in the early 90s when it was like a new game. And both, I guess, because of our age, like we couldn't figure out how to play it back in the day. Like we both talked about how like, oh, like we saw reviews in magazines that this was a good game. So we rented it and we were like, we couldn't figure out how to play it. And as an adult now, I'm playing it, and I'm like, what was it I couldn't figure out? Like, yeah. was I too dumb to open the door? Like, I think that might have been it. Because I was well, stuck where the, sh- the ship was. Well, I mean, I can relate on being being too dumb, but I mean, <laughs> I, I, I might not figure it, figure it out now. So I think about, <laughs> okay. like, I think, like, for example, I think about how... Um, like I never played Link's Awakening until the remake of it, and yeah. and there were some parts of Link's Awakening where I spent thirty minutes and then I looked up like Austin John or something because I was like, Man, I don't know where to find this, you know. And I was thinking about if I had played the original Link's Awakening, 
I would have just had to wait until school the next day just to like ask someone or, you know, because, because I couldn't have just like looked it up back then. So I hear you like when back then, when you didn't know how to play a game, it's like, yeah, yeah. you do. Link's Awakening. I've played so many times. I could probably walk somebody through it over the phone. It's, it's like that much. Like when the remake came out on switch, my wife uh, watched me like the day it came out, we, we sat down to play it and my wife was like, how do you know how to do all these things? She didn't know it was like a remake. She thought it was a new Zelda game. And I was like, I've played this game a thousand times. And then she was like, then why did you buy it? Like, <laughs> she just didn't get it. Um, but it's well but Kevin is bringing back the Nintendo um, power line. So if you yeah. have any questions <laughs> on specifically Link's Awakening. Reach a link out. to the past, I think I could walk someone through over the phone. Definitely Ocarina of Time. Uh, most of the Zeldas, actually. Um, but uh, outside of that, I don't know what games I could do that for. It, yeah, well, the reason is is because... Maybe Metal one, Gear? I mean, it <laughs> is one of the best-looking Switch games. Uh, just, just yeah. In, in my in my opinion, just period. It's a shame that don't seem to be doing anything with that art style. Like forever, everyone online was like, "Oh, they're gonna announce an Oracle remake, or Oracle of Ages, Oracle of Seasons in the same art style," and they just never did. It doesn't seem like it's happening. I mean, I think that art style on the Switch fits perfectly, and and that system runs great on it. So I I don't see why not either. There's a lot of like this. The Nintendo Switch is like the system for remakes at this point. Remakes and like re, I guess I guess every all these are remakes. But there's there's so many games getting like rediscovered on there. I've I've also been playing the Dragon Quest games. I'm on the third one. They did some great remakes for those on the Switch, and and like all the art is redone and stuff. It's it's really good. I think they they're doing another re-release of three. That's going to have the 2.5 art style, like Octopath Traveler. Huh? Huh? Yeah. Three. I just started three. Like I, I literally just basically created the save file. Um, and so I don't know much about it yet, but I can't wait to dig into it. But yeah, I, I think the, I think four uses that art style on the DS. Or something similar. And then, uh, I don't know. Yeah, yet, Harrison, what have you been playing? Uh, I haven't been playing any real, like Nintendo titles, so I've been I've been thinking about what I want to play coming up to Tears of the Kingdom. So, um, like for example, like I know I'm going to play through Breath of the Wild again, and I was thinking of playing through something like you know, like like Wind Waker or something. Um, because I just, I haven't played, like, there's no Nintendo games I've really been too excited about until, well, Tears of the Kingdom comes out. So other than that, um, I've, uh, I started playing through this game called Dinkum this week, which is a, a farming sim, one of the many, uh, it's an early access now. And I think it's, I think it looks amazing. Uh, I love farming sims and, uh, unfortunately it's one of those games where like, it's amazing if you add like 12 different mods to it, which is really easy to do, but, um, but it, it's, I'm not much of like an early access gamer, but now that I have my steam deck, uh, and it's just funny that it's like 
we'll release the game and then mods will be re- will be released for it and then we'll take those mods and we'll just copy and paste them into the game and oh someone did the work for us uh for Perfect. example uh you so, guys and your farm sims I, f- farm <laughs> sims are such are such a big problem and another one that i've been getting into are like the automation uh like factory sims as well and oh, oh, it's, it's just <laughs> it's just so bad i know it's bad like i i, I know it's not what I should be playing sometimes. You but. have a problem, Harrison. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, I'm sorry. I thought this was the Nintendo therapy podcast. Well, so. you're talking about playing on a non-Nintendo system. So. Well, I, I opened with saying that. Well, listen, <laughs> I, I went. So I went through the, the, the eShop. Um, yeah. And I was thinking about. Because again, I opened with saying like I'm thinking about like you know what Zelda games I want to play before Tears of the Kingdom, and through the eShop there are two games I want to buy before Zen for for the Switch. Okay. And 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 like I was because I was just thinking about what I want to play on there, and you know they're both indie games, and they're both games where I'm like eh, I could play it, I could not. What but, are they? Um. Well, they're both indie games. One is uh, The Last Worker, which is uh, like this like first-person narrative type game where you're in a... Oh, you actually work in a factory, so kind of along the same theme of what I like. Okay. <laughs> um, and, the other, and the other one is uh, Road 96 Mile Zero, which I'm worried, Oh, I've heard of that. Which I'm worried it's not going to be good uh, like i'm just but the original road 96 was a really really cool idea and concept about having this kind of narrative walking sim where you can potentially change the outcome of the game a little bit so, so like I, branching story paths right right and it's very it's very like political because you play as these characters that are trying to escape this this I don't remember communist or whatever country and, and you're trying to make it to the border without dying. And throughout yeah. the game, you can choose like red or blue, you know, you can choose like, are you with the conservative or the liberal basically? Um, okay. But it, you know, the, the music in it, it is great. It's, it's very, very funny. Um, so for a $12 game, I'm going to play it on the switch. Uh, but, uh, but really I, I wish there was more, switch games i was kind of looking into because i think i'm going to play metroid prime remastered as well before uh tears of the kingdom comes out as well i won't get to that before it but yeah that's that's in the back catalog do you guys think it's weird that i'm probably never going to go back to breath of the wild i mean play what you want to play you know why would we call you weird <laughs> well just because i know a lot of people are replaying to prep it and like i said like that's a game that Unfortunately, I never experienced the bulk of it, and you know, I beat it almost by accident. And I'm, I just. Well, it's one of the great things about games, though, is it'll always be there for you if you ever get the urge, you know. And my my big thing with Tears of the Kingdom is I'm just wondering if, because I'll actually be playing it from day one, if just gameplay wise, it'll just click better with me, and I'll be like, nah, I I like this one more. So I don't know. <laughs> 
Yeah, don't force yourself. You know what I mean? A lot of people, and I'm guilty of this too, is you'll force yourself through a game just to check it off a list. And if it's not clicking, you know, just be like, okay, I'm just going to remove it from the list. Like, it's not a game I wanted to play. Because I enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, it's a great game. I'm just like, I think part of it too is time commitment for that game. If you really want to do the well, the speed run record is something like you know just a couple of hours. So you just need to get on that, Sean. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, I'm gonna look the, that up. Let me see what the speed run record for Breath the, of the well, Wild the, is. The speed the speed running recently has has reached pretty close to 24 minutes. And if they wow. ever get it, if they ever get it sub 24 minutes, that would be less than one one game day. Because a game day is wow. twenty four minutes, so because That's crazy. because you know they're yep. still they're still discovering some of these new mechanics, and one was where you're able to to drop to drop a wind bomb, pick it up with your shield or something, and then you can glide across to the next shrine. Or I love when castle. Nintendo patches those things in an update, so the speedrunners can't do them anymore, and it's like, oh man. Um, the the so the the records are the one hundred percent is eighteen hours twenty six minutes so you that's you still do that. really fast yeah and then the um the one he's talking about oh, I just had it here where did it go it was like twenty six minutes where's oh, okay twenty four twenty four minutes twenty seven seconds is the fastest any percent wow yeah and and that's that's fairly recently that that they discovered these new mechanics because there's this one trick where now like people are getting like under 30 minutes and it's just crazy that like, you know, a, a game that old, but I guess, you know, people were still discovering like different mechanics in like super Mario brothers three, you know, years later. So yeah. well, they just sure. found Luigi in Mario 64, like last year. And I found that amazing because I'm like, haven't people been digging through that code for like, 15 years now like it's it's crazy yeah yeah it is all right let's move on to some news it seems like everybody's all talked out of that so i got a few stories this week and if anyone else wants to interject any feel free uh first one i saw was that tears of the kingdom speaking of has surpassed the pre-order numbers for breath of the wild uh, with data provided by Japanese real retail chain Comg, C-O-M-G. Mm-hmm. Uh, the game's pre-orders are tracking ahead of pre-orders for Breath of the Wild. Clearly, the Nintendo Switch has a massive install base now compared to when Breath of the Wild launched in 2017, but it's still impressive given it is still a couple of months until the game's release. I'd be curious to see if it ends up outselling Breath of the Wild personally. Yeah, I was asking you about that. I don't know, Harrison. Do you know? Has any second Zelda release on a console outsold the first Zelda game release? So I looked this up. Sorry, Harrison, but I, okay. I have the I, I have don't the know. info. <laughs> yeah. Don't know. <laughs> I looked it up when you asked me, Sean, and um, the only one that seemed like it qualifies is without like mixing like re-releases and stuff like that into the equation. Um, Twilight Princess sold almost twice as much as Wind Waker did, 
but okay. Twilight Princess launched on the Wii and the GameCube, whereas Wind Waker at the time was only on GameCube. So that's the only okay. one. All right. So I'm just, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if Tears of the Kingdom's able to outsell Breath of the Wild. That's what I'm really interested in because because the pre-sale because because you had to buy a system if you wanted the the Breath of the Wild pre-sale, right? Yeah. And and weren't a lot of people kind of skeptical about about the new system? And plus like yes, um the install base is much bigger, so will it sell more? It's it's hard to imagine, but the especially since breath of the wilds one of i think it it might be the best selling zelda game uh i'm yeah i'm not sure if it is but it wouldn't it wouldn't surprise me uh but it, yeah it just that like thinking of like launch title games or when you look at sales titles of like pack in games which i i'm going to talk about later um it just the numbers are a little bit strange to talk about so I think that final number is going to be really interesting. Um, uh, I, Kevin, you talked about uh, that. Uh, oh, that yeah. It's the best selling by a long shot. I'm sorry. I was looking this up while you were talking. Twilight Princess sold about 9 million. That's the second one. I mean, the second best selling. And then Breath of the Wild has sold 28 million. So by a long shot, it's the best-selling Zelda game. Yeah. Well, by almost like, triple. Like like they said, like over like 80% of Nintendo like Switch owners have like the the big four games of like of like Breath of the Wild, Odyssey, Smash, and Mario Kart, or something like that. Like Yeah, I think I think like one in every five have uh, have Mario Kart. It's like they they're over twenty percent. Yeah, not 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 eighty. What I said, but a large percentage, right? But, well, no. Uh, but you listed a bunch. Like I'm sure I'm sure that is true. I'm sure eighty percent do have one of those titles. You yeah, know, because they're all maybe. huge sellers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Kevin, uh, speaking of uh, Tears of the Kingdom, we talked about that that interview or that quote that that we saw. Um, and that was from the, uh, IG Onuma, uh, where he said in the sequel, Tears of the Kingdom, uh, furthermore, the player's free, ima- uh, free imagination will be filled with new gameplay that will bring about changes, uh, to the game world, which, Ooh. um, which is a lot, a lot juicier again than what we heard from Doug Bowser last week. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. When he says changes to the game world, it's really making me think of what's going on with what we see in the sky and what we've heard about possibly taking away the sh- some shrines and having more like like dungeons. Um, so I'm still keeping my fingers crossed for those Twilight Princess style caves. That was the best thing about that game to me, and I w- I would love some like, uh, you know some spelunking (laughs) i think it's possible because i mean in that original teaser trailer a hundred years ago it looked like they were underground so yeah yeah you're right with the torches right in the the original trailer yeah 
So I just wonder if somehow like those caves or those dungeons are some somehow going to be connected and they're going to shoot you up to the to the sky and then somehow you're going to move around these islands like in the world or something and then you create uh hyrule castle or you create something in the sky i i don't i don't really know but um what we've seen with the different things you can possibly create and possibly manipulate i'm very interested in seeing what this game is going to be about well, I don't know if you saw this, but I, I haven't looked into it yet because I just read this today, but we might be able to see the answer to that uh, before the game launches because my next news item I, I saw here that Nintendo's decided to upload the digital version of the Legend of Zelda Breath of the Wild Explorer's Guide. So I'm not really sure what's in the Explorer's Guide, but it might give more information on these questions we have here about you know, what you can change in the world and what you'll encounter out there. I so think I, the Explorer's Guide is just like a basic how to play for Breath of the Wild. Yeah, it says it says it has it gave it gives further insight into the game and its various systems. Um so obviously the the new runes and stuff. But they the they might like it might show you in co- in a context of like, you know, when you're near this type of mountain, you can lift it or whatever. And then, then you'll be like, oh, that's what they mean, because you can lift mountains into the sky. So you're changing the environment or something like that. I mean, that's a bad example, but you know what I mean? Well, I I think there was pages of it omitted um, from from this digital release. Well, I, that's because I, it had information about aliens. The CIA cracked down on that. Oh, uh, so. okay, okay. okay. <laughs> I got it. Well, because I looked through it, and and it kind of looks like a player's guide to Breath of the Wild, similar to the Explorer's Guide or whatever big Breath of the Wild book that I have. Uh, so I wonder if, yeah, they they omitted different parts of the, the new mechanics. Um. Yeah, I mean, it's officially released, so they're in the official release. They're obviously only going to let you know as much as they want you to know. Just nothing. <laughs> I'm okay I honestly that. don't care. I don't care okay. if I know everything going in because it's a Zelda game and I'm going to play it to death. No, I, I, I want to go in as blind as possible like Harrison. Then do it, my yeah. friend. Yeah, it's going to be really hard to do this podcast and and do both. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a I'll minute. be the one looking at all the info. <laughs> I'll tell Sean to take his headphones off when it comes time to talk about stuff. Um, another news item I found. So to celebrate the release of the Super Mario Brothers movie, the Super Mario Run app, the mobile game, it's got a promotion going where until May 30th, the app is doing daily unlocks of different levels. So normally you have to pay for these levels. I think it's, um, or you have to pay for the app to unlock these levels. It's, they don't have like in-app purchases. So these are normally behind the paywall, but they're letting you play them. Then it's ran, not random, but it's a different level uh, until May 30th each day. Uh, have any of you played that app? Nope. Nope. <laughs> I have. It's actually pretty good. Um, I know a lot of people dumped on it when it came out because it's a 
it's ten dollars to unlock the, it. You download the app for free, obviously, and there are free levels. And then once you hit a certain point, you have to pay for the rest of the game. I haven't paid yet. I've considered it a few times. It's only ten bucks, and it seems like it has ten dollars worth of content. Like if this thing was on the Switch, I'd pay the ten dollars for it. And you know, most apps will get you with sixty. 70 80 dollars worth of in like they could have charged a dollar 99 per level you know what i mean but instead they said ah, just give us 10 bucks you can have them all i mean yeah. in my defense i don't have time to play my actual console games so adding phone <laughs> games in there it, it ain't happening right right and and i feel i've always felt hesitant to like their their mobile games because they do have other Nintendo mobile games that are more predatory than that. Like, yeah, I heard uh, the Mario Kart one, like Mario Kart, or like I'm sure Pokemon Unite is is fun, um, but it is super super predatory. So as far as Mario Run goes, I just never downloaded it because I don't really think about it too much it, um, it plays like a new super mario brothers game um except like he's like always moving and you like tap to make him jump but like the the level design and stuff and i think you can turn around i forget how but yeah he automatically moves forward you tap for him to jump and you just time it different ways and you can wall kick and do all those other kind of like special moves he has Um, but it's a runner. It's an endless runner. That's why it's called Mario Run. Well, not endless runner, but please, my legs are hurt. You will go for eternity. I mean, I paid money for the Simpsons tapped out back in the day uh, to unlock basically references to Simpsons episodes. Like it didn't really help me in the game much, but uh, like I'll, I have paid money for these apps. Not this one yet, though. All right, so let me see what else we got. That's all I had for news. Anyone else had any other news? Didn't you talk about F Zero? That's in the rumors. Oh, oh, sorry, sorry, we're not in the rumors section yet. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so is is my notes? My notes are very specific. Um, Got it. Got it. Got it. So, if we are done with news, could we move on to rumors? I don't know. Yeah, let's try it. So. Uh, as Harrison said, uh, there was a rumor that came out or this week or was furthered this week, however you want to look at it, that Next Level Games, the people who made Luigi's Mansion 3 and 2, uh, well, Dark Moon, are apparently working hard on a remaster of the classic GameCube F-Zero for the Switch, F-Zero GX. So this lines up the way the the reason I say it's kind of like a revival of an old rumor is this lines up with something that happened in December of 2022, where there was a leaker online who said uh, that F-Zero's time will come in 2023. And that was like an announcement they were making um, as a leak. So this lines up with that. We should start scoring these rumors and how likely we think they are. Because I would honestly give this one like a four out of five. I think, I think it's very likely to happen. I think 
F- Nintendo needs to do something with F-Zero because I looked it up and the last release it had was in 2004 on the Game Boy Advance. So there's like, you know, teenage, there are gamers out there old enough to vote that haven't had their own F-Zero game. You know, they're going to, the franchise is going to get forgotten if they don't do something with it. I mean, I I think the odds are pretty good that they're, you know, in development. It's just, I that's another instance where I'd be happy for the F-Zero people because I've never gotten into the series and I don't think I ever played the GameCube one, but like the N64 one was insanely difficult. I had that. I had the Nintendo 64 one and the Super Nintendo one, but like you said, I never played the GameCube one. So if it if it looks good, especially if it looks as good as um the Metroid Prime remake. Oh yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I, like I'll I'd be all over it. Uh and I honestly think like GameCube nostalgia is at an all-time high right now. Like, you know, nostalgia comes in waves and the Nintendo 64 nostalgia starting to wane and the 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 kids who grew up with the GameCube are starting to be the ones in their mid 20s now. So I think we're going to see a lot of GameCube revival stuff and this could easily go with it. I think this could easily be be an IP that we see that we see come back and and like thinking of other IPs like we've had like Bayonetta and we've had this this remastered of Metroid Prime. So I think this makes sense. Um, I'm super excited if it is next level games, but I, I've been hoping for a long time that, uh, Shin-In Multimedia was going to create an F-Zero game and Shin-In Multimedia, they created, um, uh, Fast Racing Neo that was on Wii U. They created, um, uh, Fast RMX, which was launched, launched like pretty soon after, the switch was was launched um and and they've also done a lot of really cool other cool games too like i recently played through the tourist and um it's also one of the most beautiful games on the switch i think uh so i was hoping that they would make an f-zero game but those games are kind of f-zero inspired already and i think it kind of goes without saying but i'll say it um, uh, doing a remake is a perfect way for them to test the waters to see if they should do like a new F zero game on whatever the next Nintendo console is Yeah, uh, when it launches, you know, within the next few years, everyone thinks anyway. So yeah, uh, I, I, I think that fits in with that as well. Like, Hey, we haven't had a game since 2004 and that was on the game boy advance. So you know, not exactly like a, it wasn't a console release. So let's see if people are even interested in this franchise. Right. Right. And it's flying cars. So come on. I mean, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and that is all the news and rumors I had. I mean, we could start some rumors if you guys want, but I heard that Metroid is going to be in tears of the kingdom. No one saw it coming. Is Zelda going to be playable in Tears of the Kingdom? What do you think? I don't. I was kind of hoping for it, to tell you the truth. But the reason I don't is because none of the leaks we've gotten so far seem to indicate it. Like, like all we haven't seen, like, outfits for her 
You know what I mean? Like different armors or anything. So if she is, it'll be for like specific sections of the game and not the game as a whole. I think at this point she might be something that they'll do for DLC. That they announced day one. First she stuck behind Ganon's bars. Now you're putting her behind a paywall. Yeah, but you also get a motorcycle as well. Come on, guys. You, you, you play the game for 200 hours and you bought the DLC, but right at the end, we're going to give you a motorcycle. You're, you're probably done with the game. I did a new file where I got that motorcycle as soon as possible. But unfortunately, like you have to do almost everything to get the motorcycle. You have to finish all four shrines and um, finish the DLC adventure. So basically, I did that. I got the I got the motorcycle, and all that's left to do in the game is the um, what do you call them? The oh no, I called them shrines. The divine beasts. You have to do the four divine beasts, and now all that's left to do is the shrines and the koroks. But I got my motorcycle. <laughs> well, you can get around in style at least. Yeah, the motorcycle in Breath of the Wild is awesome and it's not something i ever thought that i would like have necessarily but every time oh, I, I remember I'd... when i first saw online uh people posting about it i thought it was fake right but uh, yeah every time that i've gotten the motorcycle i've gotten it then i'm like ah okay this game's over like Ex- yeah like, exactly like, it, like you gave me this really cool thing which is going to replace horses and it, and it runs on you know monster bones but you know we're done <laughs> <laughs> that's why I try that's why I did the file the way I did it cuz I was like okay now this is kind of it's almost like a Mad Max game where it's just like uh, I got my motorcycle and my job is to just explore the map and find the different shrines and koroks and there's no there's no divine beast left there's no story left it's just me and the world Guys can we can we make a bet in Breath of the Wild there were 900 koroks Tears of the Kingdom, what do you say? More or less than 1,500 Koroks? What do you think? More or less, Kevin? I think there's going to be 901. 901. <laughs> so you're going less. How about you, Sean? I'm going to go with less, but I'm hoping there's a mechanic where through the whole game, the Koroks are actively hunting you. <laughs> so so it gets it gets actively more difficult as we go on. So yeah. I think... <laughs> I think there might be less Koroks, but they will do more than just unlock inventory slots. Like they'll, they'll make the mechanic do, you know, make it, make you, make you want to find them all. Cause I think you only need to find something like 300, right? Or it's a very to small ma- amount in order to unlock all the inventory slots. To max out your inventory. Right. It, it might be a little bit more, but it's, it's a lot less than 900. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, it's it's way less than that. Um, I'm I'm gonna go more than okay. I'll be different. I, I I was gonna say I thought it was gonna be maybe a lot more than than the original 900. That's the whole. I think game. I might just be doing wishful thinking. <laughs> like I don't want to find that many. You don't have to. I do. Yeah. It's Zelda. He, he's. <laughs> if you have to collect something in a game, yeah. <laughs> Kevin's gonna get it. <laughs> yeah, I'm very. I'm a lot like the completionist guy. Like it's like I, there's something about 
about that. That that's why I hate trophies. Sean and I have had a, yep. a conversation about this. <laughs> I, I don't like the PlayStation and the Xbox achievement system because I feel like if it says in the game that I one hundred percented the game, then I should have all the trophies because right. I did it all. But they always have those trophies, which is like um uh trying to think of an example like like a red dead redemption will have something like kill 200 wolves or something and it's like that's not required for the game this is just padding the play time to get this trophy um play online with people in three different time zones (laughs) but 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 do you need it kevin that's 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 the question though is that i often do like i i i um That's why I think I play Nintendo more is the trophies keep me away from PlayStation a lot because I'm always like, I need to get all the trophies. And uh, some games I'm still upset to this day that I will never get all the trophies in Final Fantasy IX because they have that stupid one about the jump rope, which is impossible. The only people who can get that achievement are the ones playing on PC where you can make your, your keyboard basically do the jump roping for you. And that's the only way to do it. Oh, so so you you need one of those like uh those turbo controllers or something like uh yeah exactly you have to do a thousand right. jump ropes and I can do thirty, <laughs> <laughs> uh, so it's not do, gonna happen. Do you do you know the game uh, Stanley Parable? Yeah, no. Oh my god, it's it, it's it's one of my favorite indie games of all time. Uh, it's on Switch now, but. Uh, there's a, uh, a 10 year achievement where if you want the achievement, you can't play the game for 10 years and you have to log. Oh yeah. <laughs> That's funny. It, it, it used to be a five year achievement when it was just on PC, but when they moved it to switch and console, uh, they changed it to 10 years. So, um, I, I did everything else in the game besides that because it's a really short game and, uh, and yes, play it. Uh, it's one of the great, it's one of the best story in the games I've ever played. That reminds me of Arkham City had a Calendar Man trophy where if you went and saw Calendar Man in his cell like every holiday, you 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 got a trophy at a certain point. But you had to go see him like Valentine's Day, you know, New Year's. Uh, you know what holidays are. <laughs> you had to go see him every single major holiday. Um, I just obviously like most people changed the changed my clock on the system. But it's a very in-depth trophy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a very sad trophy. If you're, yeah. if you're having to get on all, all these holidays, like, hey, like, come on. Like, what else are you doing? Family? <laughs> no. We can go out for Valentine's Day after I visit this man in his cell in the video game, honey. <laughs> yeah. you, don't, you don't get it. You just don't get it, okay? But we, This we is commitment. <laughs> This is the this thing is, you say I won't do. This is the man that you <laughs> fell in love with. <laughs> All right, so we've tiptoed around it enough. Let's get to talking about our spotlight, Super Mario Brothers 3. Harrison's favorite game ever. <laughs> well, it, it, it's, it, it's in my top five, and I took I took no notes on, on power-ups because I thought um, we've, we've talked about mostly what all the power-ups in the game already. <laughs> so 
One thing that I saw, and I really wish I wrote the issue number down, but I'm not good at taking notes apparently, but I, I, I looked up the Nintendo Power issue where they previewed uh, Mario Brothers 3 for the first time to see like what was like, what were they saying when this game came out? And there's a funny part on one of the pages where they basically explain to the readers like what a world map is because... You know, this was the first Mario game with the world map. And I just thought that was such a cute little detail. I think I've already posted it on Twitter, but I'll post it again. Um, I just thought that was so funny. It was like they they explain like here. you, you know, I forget the, the way they word it, but, you know, people had to wrap their heads around that concept. Yeah, I mean, it's just so much more massive than than the original game. And and I wrote down the fact that. Like this game came out only five years after the the first one. And I know that studios and production is a lot bigger now, but I mean, could you imagine like like that would be like on on Switch if we had like four Odyssey games by now? Yeah. Uh, right. Or or, 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 or something like that. None um, of the Mario series. I've always thought about that, that like none of them have made it to a third game except this series because Galaxy only made it to two. Even the Super Mario Land, the third one is a Wario game. Mm-hmm. Um, So, yeah, I don't think any of them have made it to three except this series. Right. And three or if you want to include the Lost Level, it's three games that are just very, very different. And... And the fact I guess that, like, New Super Mario Brothers has, I just realized, there's like four of those. Yeah, I mean, oh well. The fact the fact that Miyamoto could have could have just said, okay, like we're just going to make a game similar to the first one. Everyone's going going to buy it, and then that's going to be the last game on this on this system. But I was also thinking about too how about like when we re- when we reviewed uh, Super Mario World. Two um, about how they wanted to make it like very replayable because they knew it was going to be the last one on Super Nintendo. So uh, just you know the fact that like they could they could have like just made money off doing just their original ideas, but they wanted to create something completely new, which ended up being very innovative for you know platformers in general. So it was actually the third best-selling game on the system, too. I mean, we always mention install base. Its install base was as big as it was going to be at that point. But, um, yeah, it's the third best. The first best is Mario Brothers. And the second best-selling game is Duck Hunt, which shouldn't count. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's also a pack. Well, aren't all of, weren't all of those, all three of those games pack-in games at some point? I Ma- think so. Mario and Duck. So. Oh, yeah, they think they did one for Mario Bros. 3 as well. You're right. They, I have the whole top five. Uh, number five was Tetris, and number four is Super Mario Bros. 2, the international, like, not the Lost Levels version. And, yeah, that's the whole top five. And, yeah, so Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, the numbers are funny because they're split in a weird way, you know, because, like, some... Not all those cartridges have Duck Hunt on them. Yeah. Did they, yeah, they had a version of Duck Hunt on its own too, right? Oh, I don't know that. I know they have a Mario on its own. 
I'll Google that real quick. But yeah, Mario 3 is a game that anyone I knew who had an NES had it. For sure. Right. right. I mean, it, it might they be. Did. Okay. They, they, they had a separate Duck Hunt game. I've never, I never knew this. Yeah, it looks like they had a solo Duck Hunt cartridge. Wow. I didn't know that. How, uh, how, how many hours are you putting on that? Uh, well, I guess it's a different time, though. <laughs> I guess yeah. there's not I guess there's not some there's not so many options, but uh I've never yeah. seen this in my life. I've only seen the one that's you know, the two games. And the three game one. You remember the three game one that had track meet? Yes. But I've never seen the solo duck hunt. I'll see it everywhere now that it's been brought to my attention though. That's how life works. All right, sorry, I was interrupting. <laughs> I'm interrupting a lot tonight. You know, were, 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 what were you saying, Harrison? Oh, I don't, I don't remember now. But but, but I'll, I'll keep it going though. Um, okay. I, I, oh, I also learned from from the completionist as well that that Boom Boom is not a Koopa. What? I actually, I actually did not know that. But but then when I looked up um, certain like Nintendo pages online, some of them label him as a Koopa, but he's not. He's Boom Boom. His species is a Boom Boom. It's like Yoshi. So that um, would be like if my name was human. It would be like if you were if you were Yoshi. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want or to be Yoshi. Per, per, person. <laughs> yeah, man, person. <laughs> man, woman, person, TV. I don't know. Whatever it was, right? Um, but yeah, he's, yeah, he's, he's not a Koopa and I never knew that until I watched the video yesterday on it and I was like, really? And there's, there's a, there's quite the Reddit debate on this one. I wonder if, so is it like the Reddit debate about Bowser Jr. being the son of a princess peach? Right. What? Which, cause in, <laughs> in Mario sunshine, Bowser says that our Bowser Jr. calls Peach Mama, and they and they they make a few references to her being his mother. But people who didn't finish the game, I guess, didn't see the. There's a post credits to Mario Sunshine where Bowser says to Bowser Jr. basically says like, "Yeah, she's." I don't know the exact wording, but he tell he says she's not really your mom. I lied to you. Um, so I guess people didn't get to that part because the internet only cares about the part they can see. Huh. So, so, so Bowser Jr. calling her mama is just is just kind of just kind of strange. Then, yeah, it's, just, it, it's it's like it's like Twitter behavior like these days. Well, I've seen a few of them who actually did know about the ending because they're like, yeah, he says this in the ending, but. There must have been some plausibility if there must be something going on if Bowser Jr. believed it. So, like, it's an interesting piece of Mario trivia. Just saying. We still yeah. don't know where Bowser Jr. came from. Right. And and there's there's debate on whether, like, the, the Boom Boom species is somehow related to Koopas. And I don't know, like, and and also, like, this was the last time Boom Boom was in a mainline game until 3D World. Uh, really? He, 
Right. Yeah. It was, it was 24 years. I, I I think it, I think it was. So I, I think he made, I think there's references in, in other Mario games or I can't, I can't remember if he's in paper Mario, but, but yeah, fun, fun piece of trivia for a random Nintendo character. Another piece of trivia about this game that I made up myself. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure this is the game that's on Nintendo Switch Online the most because it's on the NES service, it's on the Super Nintendo service with All Stars, and it's on the Game Boy Advance service now with Super Mario Advance Four. So they have this game on there three times. But but wait, isn't it, it's also on Virtual Console for for Wii and also for Wii U? I don't know. Well, yeah that. There's a lot of other releases, yeah. Not including Virtual Console. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's um, it's on that. So I, I remember when they put the Game Boy Advance games up. I didn't say it here on this podcast, but when they announced, when that initial lineup was posted, I remember thinking that should have been a different game because I was like, we already have this in two different places. We don't need another Super Mario Brothers 3. But I played it in preparation for tonight's episode and i've never played that version before and i mean we'll get more in depth than this when when that game gets selected but i think i like that version the best out of all the versions of mario brothers 3 interesting i think it I looks like, it I looks like really also. good it like the backgrounds everything they did a great polish on it and i love that it has the mario voice clips in it okay yeah. So the yeah. I was thinking about it because I, I I was like, oh, we're playing Mario three. All right, cool. And I just went down the rabbit hole and I've been playing it all week. And it just got me thinking, like, wh- what is it about this game? And I I got it down to these these points as to what I love about it. Growing up, if you went to your buddy's house and you're like, oh, we'll play Super Mario Brothers. Whoever it is, is how she went to own the game. So you had to wait till they died. <laughs> so you'd get to play like two seconds of a level. Cause like in my case, I didn't own an NES, so I wasn't very good at it. So you didn't really get to play the game much, but then Mario two was a single player game. So that, that didn't have the same feel for it. What I always liked about Mario 3 is whenever you'd go and play it with someone, it alternates between Mario and Luigi. So you can, you know, even if you die within three seconds, oh, okay, well, they're just <laughs> they're just going to beat a level and then I can play again. So I've always loved that about it. And for whatever, yeah, that is a great change. For whatever reason, I prefer the airships to castles. And I really wish they would bring that back. Like it was such a cool idea to basically have mobile dungeons. And I, I don't know. I just really wish they'd bring it back. They, they were always. Well, they have both. You know, because they have the, the castles in the in the middle of the world. Well, and yeah, then the they, end of the world is an airship. The, 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 the boom boom castles. Yeah. But I don't know. I just I prefer that even to like world where the Koopa kids all have castles. I don't know. I just really love the airship thing. And I, I just, it's a thing I wish would come back. I'm surprised they've never gone and returned to it. Really? 
They kind of did it in 3D world with those like parade levels that were very similar, but not the same. The like, you know oh, what I mean? Like the yeah, train yeah, yeah, yeah. stuff. Yep. It's weird. You mentioned that, you know, going over a friend's house and playing this game. And like, I have a ton of memories in the same vein. And I was thinking all this week about this. It's weird. I don't have any nostalgia for this game for some reason. Really? And I've been noticing, yeah, I've been noticing this is something that's happened with a few things that I've been overanalyzing, I think. <laughs> Nintendo therapy time. Been overanalyzing my life. Um, like I've been thinking about stuff like like TV shows I watched back in the day where like I watched like every episode, but I have no desire to watch them as an adult. Yet there's other shows where I have a huge amount of, like, and there'll be similar shows too. Like I watched all of step by step, all of like full house. I don't have any desire to rewatch those as an adult, but boy meets world for some reason gives me a ton of nostalgia. So I don't know, like Nicktoons, like I have no, no nostalgia for Rugrats, but I have ton of nostalgia for all the other Nicktoons that released around the same time. And it's the same thing with Super Mario Brothers three for some reason. I just don't have that nostalgia feeling for it. I had the Happy Meal toys. I, I watched the cartoon show. At the time, I was into this, but it just didn't stick with me for some reason. And hot take, I think I like Super Mario Brothers 2 more. I'm sorry. All right. that, that, no, you don't <laughs> have to be sorry. I mean, I, I'm, I, we know where Harrison sits on it, but I have a ton of nostalgia for Super Mario Brothers three. Like, like I, I said, think like, all my nostalgia went into two. Um, maybe I should save this for when we talk about that game. But like, I, 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 I don't know. I played them both in equal amount as a kid, and the first one too. And I just don't know. I don't get that feeling from this game where it takes me back to those times, even though I know I lived through those times. I mean. Harrison, just did you beat this game as a kid? I did not beat this game until until I was older. So, okay. so actually, so uh, I beat it for the first time last year. <laughs> so, so this game came out uh, about a month after I was born. Actually, about two months after I was born. Um, wow. So, so I pro- I first played this game when I was pretty young, and I can always remember getting to like the ice level or the ice world and then like stopping there or something. And, and, and back then, like, because like, again, like, like Gerard said, he completed the game in two and a half hours. But I remember like the first time I completed it, it was probably about eight hours, like six or eight hours, I think. And, you know, there's no saving or no, like, you know, don't lose electricity or, or yeah. Like that. <laughs> uh, so so no I, I didn't I didn't beat the game until until I was um a little bit older and speaking of like the like the airships uh I'm surprised how easy those are for me now cuz you know I'm not like a like a a big like a really great gamer or anything but I find like some of these levels to be almost like muscle memory or like less intimidating now at least those were so difficult when i was a kid and i i'm in the i think the game boy advance version was the first version i beat and then i have actually beaten the nes one but yeah i it, it was a game 
it, I mean, it still is, but like, I wouldn't get frustrated playing Mario three and not doing well. Like I would with the original Mario brothers. It had great box art. I think I have more nostalgia for the box art than I do for the actual game. That's, that's like a poster I would hang if I saw it available to buy. Well, I'll add one more thing to the nostalgia part. The one big nostalgia part that I have is really just from the the title screen and sort of this overall theme of like Super Mario Brothers 3 is kind of, is it all like a big production? Is it all like on a stage? Um, yeah. Because it's kind of presented that way. And I feel like, especially Odyssey, um, there's other games where that, uh, I wrote down pizzazz, but that, that showmanship <laughs> of, of Mario, I feel like that was a huge influence like later on. So I think my nostalgia comes from playing the game, but also just from all these different, the, the music and just everything that's kind of all connected. Mario three was also like when I discovered, uh, like learning about secrets in games by talking to other people. Mm-hmm. Like when you initially found out, oh, if you stand on that white part of the level and hold down, you can go in the background. It's like that was so mind blowing at the time. And it's just, I have a note about that where um, when I was playing it, I noticed I was doing those secrets and yep. some of them I was doing and I was like, I don't even know why I do this. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I'm like, I know this drops me down behind the background. But I don't know beyond that why I'm supposed to do this. And then you like in in the third level, it gets you the warp whistle. Yep. I think it's the third level. And uh, there were other secrets that I was doing where you just do the like. It reminded me of another Nintendo game that I did this with was um, I think one of the reasons I never beat the original Zelda back in the day was everybody knows that if you type in your your name as Zelda, it unlocks the second quest. Yeah. And just because I knew that piece of trivia, I would always type my name as Zelda and start on the second quest because like, I was like, I don't really know what this does, but I know it's a secret. So I'm going to do it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Knowing um, that you're playing the harder version of the game. Yeah, I didn't know I was playing the harder version and it's, it's kind of, but that type of mentality is the same way with a lot of these Mario tricks where I'm like, I don't completely know why I'm doing this, but I know it's a secret, so I'm going to do it. And then I get to the end of the level and I'm like, oh, that's why. That's why you do that. Like, I remember my cousins like, being like, oh, the warp whistle. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then they like showed me and I was like, oh my God, that's amazing. Like, you can skip entire worlds. I think it was the second warp whistle. I didn't know that's what was up there. I was like, I know I'm supposed to fly up here for something, but I don't remember what. So the secrets, they stay with you. They do. And uh, it's Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Oh, no, go, go. <laughs> oh, okay. I was going to say, uh, this was the first game with uh, auto scrolling. Oh, was yeah. it? Yes, it was it was the first auto scrolling Mario game, which is uh, which is hard to imagine now, like like not having not having that mechanic. Uh, it was also the first appearance of Chain Chomp, which was inspired by May- Miyamoto's um, memories of a dog that lunged at him on a leash when he would play around his neighborhood. 
Huh. It had to be the first and maybe only for like a number of characters. So I looked it up. There's like almost like a hundred different characters, enemies just in this game. It's it's pretty massive for like, no shortage of power ups either. Right. Nope. <laughs> and they even cut some. I was reading about one there. One of the first ideas they had for a power up was a centaur Mario, and that didn't make it into the game. Would yeah, that would have been weird. Centaur. Centario. I, I, I'm I'm trying to imagine <laughs> what what a Mario centaur looks like. But I'm just imagining Mario with like a like a big butt or something. I don't know. Which I want, would, I'm wondering what the ability would have been. I guess you could jump on enemies easier. I really don't know. Or you could, yeah, you could have run across the the bitey plants like in the boot, maybe. Maybe. IDK, my BFF Jill. <laughs> <laughs> so... I guess we can rank this game now. Uh, Sean, it sounds like you're going to rank it pretty high. Where are you putting it? All right. You're going to think I'm crazy, but I, I actually have this at the top of the list now. That's exactly where I expected you to put it. <laughs> and Harrison, I'm assuming you're the same. This is better than Super Mario World 2 to you? Right. So this is one out of three for me now. So this is number one. Yep. Um, I put it below Yoshi's Island, but it's still number two on the list. It's probably going to stay there for a long time. I th Yoshi's Island was just a game I had more nostalgia for. I'll just keep using that word. And I might be a little biased because I just, just finished a complete playthrough of Yoshi's Island. So it's like fresh oh, in my yeah, mind. Yeah. But um, I did have more fun playing Yoshi's Island. So I, I don't know. I, I, I have like... Yoshi's Island's also a game that like I have a lot more memories of because I specifically remember getting that game, whereas Mario Brothers 3 was just like omnipresent in my childhood. Like, I don't know. It's like asking, you know, what's your first memory of like Spider-Man or something like nobody remembers. Okay. He was just yeah. always there. <laughs> yep. So but I remember getting Yoshi's Island and playing it for the first time and, and stuff like that. So I'm going to put it at number two. Nothing crazy. I mean, I'm not like, I probably will put Super Mario Brothers 2 higher than it when we get to that. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but I, I have a feeling it's going to stay, you know, in the top ranking games for a long time and possibly all the way to the end. It, it might end up being in the top five of the Switch Online service. We'll see. Uh, I, I get stuff that'll knock it down, but. For the time being, yeah, it's going to be there for a bit. I don't want to try to think too far ahead because, no. you know, that's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to get really hard when it comes time to compare the great franchises. Like, how do you compare something like Ocarina of Time to Mario 64 and stuff like that? Like, it's like, but we'll, well, we'll have to do it eventually. And that's why I feel like this segment will lead to like better conversations like that. I feel in the like future. in that case, it's easy. Ocarina of Time is better. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but, it, but but also like like I would consider Ocarina, I would consider Mario Brothers three, I would consider Yoshi's Island to all be S tier games. Like I think for sure they're 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 all games that you should play at least one time. Uh, 
So like like it's gonna it's gonna be difficult to rank them in in numbers, but if I had to put them in tiers, they would all be must play games, of course. I mean, I'd say if you only played one Mario two D platformer ever, I would say it would be three. But oh, that that was another thought that I had. If if someone's never played a Mario game, what Mario game do you tell them to play first? Super Mario World. Uh, we um, we we. I just realized already got kind of my thoughts on this when we did our demo episode and we ranked our, our we picked our five favorite Mario games. I just remember oh, yeah. Mario three wasn't even on that list for me, but uh, and and I went in a I had a big rant in that episode about why I think uh, I, I said I I feel like when I only have five slots here, I can either do Mario Brothers three or Super Mario World. And I gave the edge to Super Mario World. So that's my answer now. I'd say Mario 3 would be my... If you, Oh, you've never played a Mario game? Okay. Yeah, and that would, and that would be my answer too, of course, as well. But, but Mario World would be also a good, a good choice as well. Yeah. All right. Well, I know when I'm outnumbered. So it's time to pick next week's game and find out if I'll be wrong then too. And next week, I've actually been thinking about this game. This thing can read my mind. Um, <laughs> Creepy. So I've been thinking about this game lately. It's another NES game, of course. Well, of course uh, it is. <laughs> next week, we're going to be playing. I don't. Is this thing going in random order? Um, we're going to be playing Pro Wrestling, the NES game Pro Wrestling. And I was never into Pro Wrestling <laughs> as a kid. But why been... was this on your mind lately? <laughs> because, um, oh, I, because of the, 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 the sports thing, which we didn't get to, oh. we're going to, we're going to have to do that next. I completely forget about that segment, but, um, yeah, because of the sports, uh, thing. So, okay. That's a good segment into our sports games <laughs> segment. <laughs> well, there um, you go. So what the reason this game we're going to do that next week and the reason it's been on my mind lately is we we drew up our top 5 favorite Nintendo sports games this week. So let me get those notes out. We can start that. Um who wants to go first? Um I would pull up. I can go first. Okay. I, say, I I think Harrison can go first. <laughs> it, it was my idea. So my my only rule for this was um I did not choose any Mario Kart. Any, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Did I choose any? I did not choose any Mario Kart, uh, any Smash Brothers, and uh, I only chose games that were exclusive to Nintendo. Um, so uh, my my top five favorite. Um, I'll go number five. Uh, I put Wii Sports because it has to be on the list. You know. Wii Sports is the best uh, selling game on on a single console in history, and is it? you know we and we started talking about uh, yeah eighty two million copies as of wow as of yeah because uh, a lot of old folks' homes were getting it to play bowling and stuff right but you know we started talking about you know like Tears of the Kingdom pre sales and and this was a pack in game 
for a system that was huge, huge, huge. So I had to put Wii Sports in there. Um, and in, in my order of Wii Sports, I would do uh, my top one would be bowling and then tennis, then boxing, baseball, and then golf. I didn't like golf too much on there. Oh, um, I loved golf on Wii Sports. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, I think I would play all any of these like right now. But I had I, I just wanted to do an order. Um, number five, uh, number four, uh, to start off my weird Nintendo titles of today is Kobe Bryant in NBA Courtside, which is often mislabeled as Kobe Bryant's NBA Courtside, <laughs> um, which is actually a better title because it makes sense. Yeah, I was going to say um, that works much better. Yeah, but again, the the weird. Nintendo titles. Um, I have a lot of memories of playing this game. Kobe Bryant was 19 years old when this released. Um, this is actually the second game of the series. And something I remember is when you sub players in, they would actually stand up off the bench and walk over to the scorer's table. I thought, oh, this is so immersive and so cool. Like just adding in all of these little different game game elements to it. So at the time... Thought it was cool. Uh, number three to continue my weird Nintendo titles is Major League Baseball featuring Ken Griffey Jr., which is also just a horrible title. So um, that, that <laughs> is one that does come up a lot on uh, lists of sports games, right? And um, oh, oh, this was this was also. Um, a sequel and the the third uh the, the one that came after was ken griffey jr slugfest which might be the most popular one i'm not sure but i i have a lot of memories of playing both of those um they were made by angel studios which at the time were were in ownership with the seattle mariners which also had ken griffey jr um number two i think you'll like this one number two is snowboard kids 2 for the oh, N64. This one right. came out this one came out in uh March of 1999. The original came out in February of 1998. Um and just for context, 1080 1080 came out April 1998. SSX Tricky came out uh January of 2001. So there was just this period of where we had some really fun and competitive snowboard games. Just like, and then they forced it into Final Fantasy VII. <laughs> exactly. So um, I I rewatched some videos on this game. It's it. I mean, I think the low texture uh, totally holds up. I think the gameplay and the mechanics were great. I wish they would do a remake uh, or, or an, another Snowboard Kids game because I think it's something that's kind of lost. And also. It is super expensive among uh, resale, so yep. I don't know if it's a I don't know if it's a rare game. Kevin, do you have it? No, um, that was that's actually one of I know. Last week I said I have all the games I want. Um, that that's that's like the one game. It might be the only one that I don't have that I liked. That um, basically I remember renting it uh, when I was a kid, and I wanted to buy it. And I never saw it in the store. I think it. I think it's not only rare because of when it was released, but I don't. I don't think a lot of stores carried it for some reason. There were always those games that like you wouldn't ever even see places. 
and it's a real fun game. And I, when I see it, it's like being resold for almost the original retail price or, or, or maybe more. I mean, uh, so I think it's still, I think it still holds up today. I have a lot of memories playing it. I think it's better than the first one. Um, and in my top, Sports game is Mario Golf for 64. Um, first, oh, nice. Uh, first modern Nintendo line game, like modern, what I can consider. Uh, it had uh, three releases on the, on the, on virtual console. Um, I find the, I find the traditional golf mechanics to be unbroken and, um, something that still works and it's fun today unlike some other more modern nintendo sports games like i really didn't like the new mario tennis because of all of the new mechanics and things they added to it so it's definitely still a game that i would that i would play today so it has to be number one on my list well i gotta say you had none of the games that are on my list so we could have done a draft so far uh i'm gonna i'm gonna go last sean let me see if you have any of the games that are on my list. <laughs> so Harrison has one that I have, but we'll get okay. there. Um, number five's Ice Hockey for NES. Yes. Again, That's a good for, one. for whatever reason, that was another one I feel like everyone owned. So I just played a lot of it. And it was always just funny to be like, oh, you make a whole skinny team. I'll make a whole fat team and yeah. we'll see what it's like. And so. That's one that has a cult following. I've seen a lot of people online talk about it. Um, A game that I actually didn't experience back in the day, but I know about it from its modern day, like online following. And number four is Mario Power Tennis, which was the tennis for the Wii. I just remember playing a lot of that. and It had pretty decent motion controls and everything. Uh, Mario Strikers Charged, which was also the Wii version. I still have uh, to play that. It was really fun. It it's I feel like the Switch sports are the weakest like entries in their series right now cuz yeah. I've tr- tried all of them but none of them have like a a hook I guess. They I've just gathered like- that I think the the Strikers game on Switch people are un- unhappy with, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah. I my brother-in-law has it and we played it for a couple hours and it's like, it's fun, but it's like, I, I wouldn't have bought this, you know, yep. but strikers charged actually had some, Wii remote like gimmicky stuff, but it worked really well. Like there was a, there'd be a super ch- charged um, kick you could do and it would launch multiple balls at the goal and you had to like catch them with the Wii remote. So that was kind of a cool thing, but we played the heck out of that game too. And then number two is Harrison's number one, but Mario Golf 64, which I still play a lot. And I think it goes to what you said, Harrison. It's like just the gameplay holds up. I don't know, like everything about Mario Golf 64, I still enjoy, even though there's only, you know, five courses and I think it's the is it the only one that has those characters that were made just for Mario Golf? Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's the charm of Baby Mario, man. Everybody wants that Baby Mario charm. And then my number one, I'm sure Kevin's not going to be surprised, but uh, this is one of my favorite games of all time, period. But Kirby's Dream Course for Super Nintendo, which I Love really, 
really wish they'd do a sequel. I don't want to remake. I don't want to remaster. But in the age of 3D gaming that's been going on for 20 plus years now, how have we not had a new Kirby's Dream Course? You could do so much with it. So I kept that one off my list just because I knew you were going to pick it. And I wanted some variety. But I love that game. And like in... If I'm being honest with myself, that would be on my list. But <laughs> I mean, uh, that game only had four multiplayer courses and you just wouldn't get sick of playing those same four courses. I don't know what it is. It's just it had a it goes to gameplay loop. It has an amazing gameplay loop. And I just I still play that game. I'm always going to remember the one time I beat you. Yes, you enjoy that one victory. <laughs> I was going to say it's. I'm not going to remember the 50 times you beat me. Just the, the one time I beat you. Um, they should they should totally re- redo that game. That would be fun. And I mean, we have every other Kirby game, so why not? Yeah. Yeah. What's one more? It's Kirby's world. We're just living in it. So my number five pick, I'll, this whole list is keeping with the nostalgia theme of today's episode. Um, yeah. <laughs> a lot of nostalgia here. So number five, I went with Wave Race because oh yeah, it was a uh, there was like the it it was like a magical time those first few months of the Nintendo sixty four especially like I don't know for me that was it was just so great like finding out you could ride a dolphin in this game was like one of those weird secrets that you see it in Nintendo Power and you're like is this a prank is this real but you can ride a dolphin in the game. Um, it's that era of Nintendo 64 where it seemed like anything was possible because we hadn't. I yeah. think that's why there were so many of these rumors because we hadn't seen games like these before. So like when someone was like, oh, you know, Lu- you can unlock Luigi like you you believed it because you thought that there was the the rumors of the um the second photo album and Harvest Moon 64 stuff because the Internet wasn't really big yet. So like. You couldn't fact check a lot of this stuff. Um, I think Wave Race still has some of the best water physics in a game. It's got a great announcer. That was my next note. But yeah, the water physics are good. I love the announcer. Um, I saw recently online that people had like, quote unquote, discovered that there's an alternate announcer. I forget how you unlock it, but like he's basically like a jerk. (laughs) And um I always knew about that. I think they printed that in game pro back in the day and I've known about it since the game came out and it, yeah, he's, he's like extra mean. The announcer, it'll it'll be like, you're in last place. Like just rubs it in. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, but yeah, I, I love that game. A lot of nostalgia for it. I was really good back in the day too, because they have the, section where like you could do like the tricks and stuff i had some good high scores probably wouldn't be too good today though number four again for nostalgia reasons mario tennis on the virtual boy because i had a virtual boy and i loved the mario tennis on there that and galactic pinball were like the two games i played the most on there and i really wish they got the the two-player cable thing going even though I didn't know anyone else who owned a Virtual Boy, so I guess it wouldn't have mattered. But I, I, I had I would one, have loved so to. yeah. Oh, you we did. Would have been able. Yeah, we would have been able to play tennis. That. I don't think I knew you had one. Um, 
but yeah, we would have played tennis together for sure. Number three, snowboard kids. One. Uh, I went with the first one. <laughs> but yeah, that's that's what I was saying uh, to Harrison earlier, is I remember renting both of those at the time. Uh, I don't own either of them uh, today, but uh, I remember renting them a lot at the time and, and wanting to buy them at the time. And I just never saw them. And I think I bought all my games at Walmart. I don't think I started going to GameStop until like the PlayStation 2 era, and it was called Funko Land. But oh, yeah. uh, I don't think I started going there until like the PlayStation 2 era. So I think I got all my games from Walmart at the time, and I don't think Walmart had snowboard kids for whatever reason. So I wanted it and couldn't get it. There was a Virtual Boy game like that too, actually, Jack Bros. And now it's like a valuable, as valuable as a Virtual Boy game can be. Uh, it's one of the it's one of the rarer ones, so I don't know. Didn't have good distribution deals, I guess. Number two, I had no idea this was a Switch exclusive until I made this list and started doing the research for this podcast. But Golf Story, oh, apparently exclusive it, to Switch. Yeah, apparently it started development as a game for the Wii U, and it's oh, only wow. on Switch. It's a good so, game. Yeah, it, I love Golf Story. Yeah, Golf Story is one of my favorite indie games on Switch, but do but do not play the sequel. Yeah, I've heard that no. Sports Story is Sports Story was basically released unfinished. Like they just like oh. they put jokes in the game about how bad the game is. That's a, I, yeah. that's what you're dealing with. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It's so bad. I mean, and and I I was so stupid too because it shadow dropped on Christmas on Christmas Day, and I and I should have known, but I was, but I've been waiting for it because it was announced in 2019. It was announced yep. before COVID, and I was so excited. I was like, yeah, it's Christmas. I'm gonna play this game. I played it for five hours, and you know that point where you're like, like I can't do it anymore. Like it, it kept crashing on me. Like, yep. It's just super slow. Like they took out all the fun mechanics of golf story. Like, Oh, it's just an unfortunate sequel. I'll say, but I highly recommend golf story. If you're listening oh, yeah. and haven't played it. And my number one, uh, on this list is actually on the switch online service. So we're going to talk about it again. Someday is super punch out. Oh, all right. You know, I almost put the original punch out on my list. I like this. I like the Super Nintendo one a little bit better. Uh, I I just think it's, you know, a little more polished. It's basically the same game. It's just the the graphics are a little better. And I said honorable mention since since they're on a Nintendo console. Uh, I could have made this whole list just Tony Hawk games. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, but, I give you credit for not putting one on there. But I associate Tony Hawk with the PlayStation because that's where I played it because I preferred the D-pad to the joystick to have to input the commands. So didn't make it over here. I've heard that some people prefer the Dreamcast versions of those as well, but I don't know. I don't. I don't see it. Nostalgia for me would be Dreamcast because because that's that's who I remember playing the the original demo on like a some kind of two K game I think and then 
from there, just, you know, playing all the games from there. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I love Dreamcast. I've, I've got a decent list of games on there that I'll always go back to, uh, mostly RPGs, which is what that system was known for. Yeah. Uh, Kevin, I, I sent you that 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 case study that I found. It's called uh, "We WII Have a Problem: uh, A Review of Self-Reported We-Related Injuries." <laughs> <laughs> and and this was a case study. Which oh, first of all, like what an awesome title! Like yeah. W W case study title um, re- released in two uh, thousand nine, and it reported on. The 39 reports, there was a, uh, a, website, a website called uh, we, we, WII, Have a Problem. I don't think it's around anymore. But uh, there was, in a two-year span, there were 39 self-reported uh, WE-related injuries. 18, or 46% of those, were WE Sports Tennis. <laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> 18, 18 out of thirty out of thirty nine, and out of the thirty nine, there were seven unique cases, which included oh uh, which included a patellar dislocation, also known as wee knee, and uh, infraspinitis or shoulder uh, tendonitis of the shoulder muscle, often caused called as we itis there is a uh, four eyes in this title <laughs> that's um, what happens when you're trying to bowl that perfect game <laughs> so that so that was the uh that that was the deep dive dive that i went on this week i feel like we bowling uh screwed you out of perfect games by the way because i would bowl like four strikes in a row and then, like, do the exact same motion, and you know, one pin would stay up. And I was like, I feel, I feel like it's programmed to do this to me. I know perfect games are possible. I'm just saying, I, I feel like there's something in the programming there. Well, you kept playing, though. Yep, so. exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that kind of wraps it up for the week. Our longest episode yet. Thank you if you're still listening. Um, <laughs> let us know what your favorite Nintendo sports games are. You can get at us at uh, Nintendo Therapy on Twitter. We got Nintendo Therapy Pod at gmail.com. And we've got that Reddit thing that I never look at and I need to start. Where? Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty active on that. So. Oh, okay, good. So go see Sean over there and maybe I'll check it out if I remember. Um <laughs> And yeah, as always, you know, we're Nintendo fans, not Nintendo experts. So if we got something wrong or forgot to talk about something you want us to talk about, let us know all the places I just said. Thank you very much, Harrison, for being with us again. Thank you. The invite is always open. So yeah, we will see everybody next week for we're going to have the sales charts, I think, for the eShops that closed. And we're also going to have some pro wrestling. Woo! See you then.